from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. We wish you a merry podcast. We wish you a merry podcast. We wish Wish you a a merry merry podcast podcast. and a happy podcast. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to a festive episode of Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today we're watching It's a Wonderful Life. Why do we have to have all these kids? Number 20 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this merry old film. Definitely old. Surprisingly not merry. (laughs) Also, up top, please, please, please rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app and leave a nice little review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we're on social media at Tossed Popcorn on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clash. We post memes every Saturday. They are good. We also have merchandise. Mm-hmm. If you go to tpublic.com and search Tossed Popcorn, you can buy yourself some cute little items. Content warning for this episode, the movie we're discussing deals with themes of suicidality. Sienna, I feel like you have seen this movie before. How did you know? You just, your family likes old stuff. <laughs> and you keep referencing knowing people from Christmas movies, mm-hmm. but you hadn't seen them anywhere else, so... Yeah, you got it. Have you seen this movie before? No, I thought I had, and then it turned out I had seen White Christmas. 
which in many ways is also this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm so excited to hear from both of our perspectives. Okay, well, let's start with your prediction of what you thought It's a Wonderful Life would be. Hello, Liana. Oh, oh. I'm about to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I went a little high. And not for the first time. <laughs> In fact, this is probably my 300 millionth time seeing no. it. It's probably my favorite Christmas movie. Uh-oh. I'm looking forward to spending some time with Jimmy Stewart. But other than that, I don't really have to predict anything. So mm. let's just hang tight for my summary, shall we? Oh, okay. Liana, please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> okay, I love you. Bye-bye and Merry Christmas! <laughs> all right let's jump straight to my prediction here's what i thought it's a wonderful life would be morning sienna it's liana i'm about to watch it's a wonderful life which i think is about a guy who wants to die i don't really know anything else about this movie except it's a holiday film and hopefully by the end of it he doesn't want to die anymore love you bye i will say some people were asking me about this movie recently just as a christmas movie and i was like oh it's great it's the best and like well what what's it about and i was like well wait huh Mm. (laughs) his whole life is despair (laughs) having seen it 300 million times i'd love to hear a summary from you there's also a huge exaggeration (laughs) I saw it for the first time when I was like 14. Oh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, I really was picturing growing up with this film. A summary of It's a Wonderful Life. George Bailey is a bright young man with a lifelong dream to leave his small town of Bedford Falls and see the world. But George's family and community depend on him. And with the evil Mr. Potter Mm. angling to take over every dang business in town, George just can't bring himself to leave when Bedford Falls needs him. This becomes a Christmas movie about an hour and a half in. (laughs) When a banking mishap puts his business, the building and loan, and thus the whole town in financial jeopardy. George wishes that he'd never been born, and an angel named Clarence shows him what would have happened if he never was. Yep. That's it, mostly, right? There she blows. That's the film. Sienna, Mm -hmm. would you like to hear some historical context surrounding the film It's a Wonderful Life? I absolutely Cannot wait. Okay. And I'll say, I don't think I'm going to ruin this movie for you. The film It's a Wonderful Life was released in 1946. What's that one year after? World War II. Yay! (laughs) Took a long time on that. I was just so afraid that was going to be wrong for some reason. Um, The idea for the film came from author Philip Van Doren Stern, who sent it to a friend as a 21-page Christmas card because he was fed up with his writing getting rejected by other outlets. And he was like, whatever, just have this. Merry Christmas. (laughs) The movie began production in April of 1946, and it filmed through the summer in L.A. and uh, was very hot, which is, you know, funny for a Christmas movie. Bedford Falls, the set, was one of the largest film sets ever made. It took up four acres. Whoa. There were 75 fake stores slash buildings, a three-block main street, 20 full-grown oak trees. The movie was directed by Frank Capra, who said this quote about it. Quote, I thought it was the greatest film I ever made. 
Better yet, I thought it was the greatest film anybody ever made. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah. In my humble opinion, I think it's the best thing that's ever been made. Uh, I guess that's my quote about it. <laughs> it was the first full Christmas after the war, so people actually were not pleased with this film. It fully flopped at the box office. Because everybody wanted Christmas. And they were like, what is this not so cheery story doing? It's really sad. We've been through a war. Like, give us happy fluff. This is not what we want. Oh, my God. And then the movie was shelved by the end of 1947. And it didn't resurface until 30 years later. Whoa. When, do you know this? Yeah. <laughs> Just vaguely, I know that it was the public domain thing, but... The rest of this I have not known. It's fine. The Republic Pictures, who owned the film's copyright, chose not to renew it, so it became free for TV channels to play it on repeat. And then everybody was like, oh my god, this film slaps. And now it's beloved. NBC has been playing it for like 40 years on Christmas Eve. That's amazing. Jimmy Stewart was 38 in this film, and Donna Reed was once again 25, same age as the woman in the previous Jimmy Stewart film. Uh, but, I mean, at least, he, yeah, he's 38. He's getting closer in age to the women. <laughs> He's playing opposite. <laughs> the snow in the movie. Obviously not real. And I think about this a lot from that time I went to Disneyland and it was snowing and being from Colorado, I was like, how'd they do that? That was amazing. <laughs> the industry standard at the time was cornflakes painted white. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is why the mid-century America has some charm. They're like, eh, yeah, we'll paint the cornflakes. What does America have? Cornflakes. <laughs> But Frank Capra didn't want to use those because they crunched when you stepped on them. Of course they do. And they were recording this dialogue live rather than like going over it. So they're like stepping on cereal? <laughs> yeah. But they didn't for this movie. For this movie, they came up with this new thing that actually like won an Oscar for best tech whatever. That's so cool. Here's where I'm going to say to everybody, I have a full-time job. <laughs> okay. And it's not my fault when sometimes I fall down a wormhole about the Great Depression and World War II and I forget to Google... Other stuff around the movie. <laughs> so if there are big facts about the movie that I missed, if I've missed something super problematic, I'm really sorry. I literally Googled this at work today. <laughs> Whispers into microphone. Don't tell that, anyone. That is streaming all over the world. Um, the Great Depression started in 1929 when the stock market crashed in October of that year. And it went until 1939, roughly, when World War II started. And they were like, oh, up and at them, factory town, USA, here we come. 1933 was the lowest point of the Great Depression. At that point, 15 million Americans were unemployed and nearly half of the banks in the country had failed. Also during the Great Depression, FDR was elected and started doing fireside chats, which is where he'd do these like radio shows and be like, what's up, Americans? Um, I know. What's up, guys? These are tough. The New Deal programs started in 1933. The Works Progress Administration, or the WPA, was started in 1935, which added a lot of new jobs. And the Social Security Act also started in 1935. We don't have time to talk more about the Great Depression because we have to also talk about World War II. Ooh. Which started in September of 1939 when Germany invaded Poland. The U.S. didn't enter it officially in terms of like sending people over to Europe until December of 1941 after the Pearl Harbor attack. And then the war ended in 1945 and there were sort of various stages of it ending. You know, there was VE Day, VJ Day, etc. Um, Jimmy Stewart spent three years in the U.S. Air Force. 
king? During the war? He enlisted in 1941. Apparently he had like just won an Oscar for the Philadelphia story and then he was like, oh, I gotta go to war. <laughs> oh no. Um, he earned his, okay, so he, he enlisted in 1941. He earned his wings as a pilot and then was sent to England in 1943. And he flew 20 combat missions which he rarely talked about post-war. And one of them was a 1944 mission over Goethe, Germany. Um, and on that mission, he was the flight leader of it and he lost men and the floor, like like they died, not like, where are they? <laughs> don't worry, I don't think anybody, well, maybe some people thought that. <laughs> the floor of the plane was hit. And so Jimmy Stewart had to fly back to England while like seeing enemy territory under his feet and flying through like, below 20 degrees temperatures like 20 degrees below zero temperatures that was particularly a particularly harrowing mission for him because as the flight leader he considered himself responsible for the lives of everybody on the mission and right. so he like blamed himself for the deaths of the other uh guys <laughs> of the other men with him on that mission Jimmy Stewart received two distinguished flying crosses, which are awarded for, quote, heroism or extraordinary achievement while participating in aerial flight. Wow. And he was awarded the Croix de Guerre with Palm, which is awarded to military units whose members performed heroic deeds in combat and were subsequently recognized by headquarters. And that's a French medal, as well as other medals. And my guy fully had PTSD. Which at the time was called shell shock, which was left over from World War One as like mm -hmm. a psychological term. And it manifested with Jimmy Stewart as, you know, the shakes, which is just like tremors from trauma and memories of it. He was also short tempered and had a lot of nightmares. And all of that was going on within our boy while he was filming It's a Wonderful Life. Oh my god. He was fresh out the war. It ended in 1945. They started filming this movie in April of 1946. Holy and this movie features the war. Pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. As well as the Great Depression, by the way. This thing she's talking about is directly relevant. Yeah. Jimmy was, had gone through a lot of stuff. And yeah. it's sort of, you can see the depth of his character and of like those emotions that he's experiencing and going through and sort of pulling from and memories that he's pulling from. That's fascinating. It's also such a movie about being responsible for other people. Mm. Yeah. And how your life impacts the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Damn. Thus concludes my historical context for It's a Wonderful Life. That was chilling. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of a Christmas movie. So I'm just looking at one of my earliest notes, which is all caps. Now we're in space. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to do phone notes. Liana and I watch the movie separately and we take notes on our phones and then we come together and discuss the notes we took. Mm-hmm. This movie was crazy. <laughs> it starts off with a little bit of prayer. It starts out with a lot of prayer. The whole town is praying for one guy. And I was like, all right, these people also probably have their own problems. Like, <laughs> Sienna, when you watch this movie, is it not insane to you that they have just a picture of a galaxy and two stars gossiping at each other? Yeah, so it starts off with 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> I, was, I was mad. I was like, no, no, we just did this. I guess it's the best way to do space, which is, as you said, gossiping stars. Uh, and they just glow a little bit when one of them is talking. God, as big galaxy, is talking to Clarence, teeny star who zooms in, and random other <laughs> angel, who's a smaller cluster. Clarence is like, oh, is he sick? And God says, no, worse. He's discouraged. <laughs> wah, wah. 
But they're literally talking about, hey, in literally one hour, George is going to die by suicide. And um, Clarence, if you want those wings, get on down there, buddy. And stop it. (laughs) Stop him from doing it. But the way that he says it is, no, he's discouraged. (laughs) You see why people in theaters at the time were like, what? Come on. What is this? It was weird. It's also like the language of the time. They had to dance around it instead of just saying it. They were like, he's going to give up God's greatest gift. Life. Mm -hmm. So then we go back to when he's a child. 1919. 1919. Huge year. He works in what's what I can only describe as a combined ice cream slash shoelace store (laughs) with the world's saddest old man in the back and a jar of poison. Where did you see the shoelaces? One girl comes in and is like, George, I need shoelaces (laughs) for my shoe. And then he gives her like a pack of something, which I assume... Or shoelaces. It was a drugstore. Yeah, but in the past, that meant anything. That's true. He was serving ice cream at a drugstore. You can get shoelaces at a Walgreens. Yeah, but no ice cream? You can get ice cream at a Walgreens. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's a drugstore. Uh Uh-huh. What were we talking about? (laughs) I forget. (laughs) I think we're on the same page. (laughs) Anyway, you're right. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry. My wife. It's Christmas. Okay, there's two women in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one is blonde the, and one is a brunette. The blonde and the brunette, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the blonde from the earliest of ages is trying to get George. And I love her. And she's the one who orders like shoelaces or whatever. And then she's like, George, help me down from this tall stool. Because they're all like three feet tall. They're so young. <laughs> this is and Violet, then, by the way, Violet. Violet. She asks George to help her down. And George looks her straight in the eye and says, help you down. And just walks away. And I was like, oh, yep, I have lived that in so many ways. Every time an ad breaks, a few cents we make. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to a really good cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Then there's a time jump. There's a time jump. He goes from being a child to being out of high school. Yeah. Where he has graduated from high school, but then he has stuck around to help at the building and loan uh-huh. for a few years while his peers had gone off to college. Oh. And his brother has just graduated high school. So he's like, oh. great, now my brother can take over and I can finally go to college. I can finally go and travel. So everybody's grown up, including Violet, the, the blonde who wants him. Mm-hmm. And she shimmies up to him like tips at, first at the at the dance no before even that he just is trying to get like a cab home and she's like oh hiya george and then he goes hey you look good that's some dress you got on there and i was like the way people talked to each other in the past was insane the way she fluffs her hair when she oh, goes this old thing i just throw it on when i don't care how i look oh i love her i felt so bad for her because she was pulling out all the stops and it didn't work yeah, not on George. George goes to his brother's high school graduation party, which is at the high school gym. Mm-hmm. Everyone there looks 40. <laughs> and then they all do the Charleston, which looked really fun. They were I having know. a fun old time. I was like, oh. And then somebody does a prank. So actually, the guy who played Alfalfa in The Little Rascals, the original Little Rascals. That's not a reference I'm going to know. He is with Mary at the time, he does not matter. Mary mm-hmm. matters. She's grown up now. Played by Donna Reed, the gorgeous Donna Reed. So then Alfalfa is over there like, moping. He's and, grumpy. And Jimmy and Mary are having the time of their lives yeah. doing the uh, Charleston. Yes. And then a just instigator of chaos. Something out of a 1980s film. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Just a teenager comes up and says, hey, jealous of Jimmy Stewart, huh? Well... He's dancing right over the crack of the pool. And guess who's got the key? Which all of that was insane. But mainly, what is the structure of a building where the basketball court opens up and under it is a pool? Why don't we see that? It opened up like the land before time. (laughs) They fall in, splash, and they keep dancing. It's super cute. Yeah. And then everybody else jumps in. Yeah. And I wondered, Liana, Mm. if it stressed you out to see everybody in the water with their clothes on. Yes, it did. I felt anger and I felt stress during this scene because I felt the anger of me and who, which mm-hmm. is coming up a lot in these movies. And um, I also felt, oh, no, <laughs> everyone's clothes. 
Chlorine these days is not good for clothes. Imagine what they were putting in pools in 1946. Probably burning them right off. I am sure. Because they're so damp. The two, George and Mary, walk home in a football uniform and a boxing robe. I guess some things they found back at the school. And they're singing a song at each other. Buffalo girls, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight, won't you come out tonight? What was that? I don't know what it's from. But no, not not the song, just the singing at each other. Because you have seen uh, men. Yes. You've, like, dated men. Like, uh-huh. what? Have, has that happened? Do you do that? Uh... Maybe. What? It might happen. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, not big time, but they're like, oh, we're doing a bit and we'll like look at each other and do the bit. Man, I am not ready for love. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> they're flirting. They're two kids flirting with each other. An old man is staring at them from a balcony and he's like, yeah. kiss her already. And she's like, look at that haunted house. I want to live in it. Let's vandalize it. And then Mary... Pulls an Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) In which she becomes the wind and all that's left of her is her robe. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Yes, a mishap, she ends up in a bush and he's like, this is a very interesting situation. That was not fun or funny. I know it would have been at the time. It was not cute. It was the... There's a few, I mean, there's definitely a few moments as in these old movies, obviously, but this is one that's like the one, like, <laughs> it was that plus his G- George, the Bailey family has a black maid who is only there to be like the sassy black woman character. Uh-huh. And throughout uh, her character is like comedic relief, but not to the audience, rather like to the other characters in the film. They're like, oh, oh, you. It yeah. just, <sighs> I know. Yeah. Mm. His dad has a stroke. Rip. Yes, he has to stay home and continue to work at the building and loan, even though he was about to leave. Remember, he's going to leave the next day. He's like, I can't wait to go see the world. Mm-hmm. Could not go see the world. Has to watch the building and loan. This also was such a classic man thing of like, we've just spent this lovely evening together. I'm leaving tomorrow for five months. Completely. And she was like, what? Also, that moment of when she's like, oh, what did you wish for, George? This is the moment where he's just supposed to be like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. But mm-hmm. he's like, here's all the things I want to do. Let me tell you about all the things I want to do. Oh, I love you so much because you're somebody who I can tell things I want to do. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. Just tell me I'm pretty. I don't want to hear about your dreams. I love talking at her. That doesn't mean she. That's not a personality trait <laughs> on her behalf. There's a scene on a telephone that is the hottest thing we've seen on any film on the list so far, I think. Liana, I'm like so touched that this meant anything to you that you noticed this because this is whenever this comes on as a family, we all go silent Mm -hmm. and we just watch. It's like a sex scene. It is a sex scene. (laughs) It is so, so hot. And then the only problem is that they can't actually kiss. Uh So they have to kind of and it's sort of like, no, just do it. Like, it's so good. And then it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, they're both very good at acting hot <laughs> yeah no i the chemistry between them was was real they definitely yeah it was like oh you can see that there is attraction here yes importantly this happens when he ends up wandering to mary's house on his mom's suggestion and mary outwardly tries to seduce him mm-hmm. <laughs> i felt so much for her because she puts on a record that plays that song the buffalo song that they were yeah. singing at each other and he does not pick up on it at all and i was like oh it is a little cringy to really lean in so hard on their one inside joke I do that. That's all I know how to do. That's and I was like, 
Oh no! Oh, it really doesn't work! Oh no! Also her chaotic mom. I loved her chaotic mom. The phone is... He's, Sam is waiting! The phone, Mary! This, this mom has curlers in her hair. Oh. She hates George. Yeah. And she keeps giving him the stink eye. Oh, I love her. It was amazing. Then they have the hottest phone discussion ever when she's on the phone with, like, her boyfriend. Yeah. And but, it's an old-timey phone. They're, like, both listening into it and sharing a microphone. And it's like, they're so horned up, they can barely talk. It's really, really, really hot and gorgeous and romantic. You know what? It's romantic. This is such a romantic, romantic movie. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. They squish their faces together. Wedding bells ring. <laughs> they get married. They are about to go on their honeymoon. And you're like, oh my God, yay. George gets to do his adventure. They're going to go to wherever the fuck and do hotel things. And in that exact taxi ride, the stock market crashes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's really lucky that you were, because again, these are before phones. So the only way to find out that your business, the bank that you run, is getting what there's like a run on it i don't know the term it's it's getting great depression mm -hmm. is <laughs> by driving past it on the way to the airport <laughs> i was like come on he's like wait like, that's my store like why couldn't he just have the honeymoon and come back and be like oh the business is failing they are going to go on their honeymoon but they don't and then instead george is like well since the banks are literally out of cash we have run out of paper money just take my honeymoon cash everybody and he gives it away and then at the end of the his long work day he's his like wife does it oh no i forgot about my wife where is she yeah i was saying specifically mary gives away the money because they're now a unit uh what mary's like let's take let's use our honeymoon money and he's like awesome let's what? do it yeah he didn't suggest it she, she says that yeah where and when when they were all, this is before she disappears, as they're all freaking out, you know, like, we don't have any money in the bank at all. She's like, we have $2,000. No. Yeah. I completely missed that. <laughs> I think I was trying to remember the timeline of the stock market crash and the Great Depression, and I literally blacked out. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. That changes everything. Because I was like, why is she so happy to be married to him if he forgot about her all day and gave away all of their money? Oh, teamwork. Yeah. That's what relationships should be. Oh, jeez. <laughs> also, she's he's the one who wants to get out. She's like happy in Bedford Falls. She just wants to live in a haunted house. Yeah. Also, this movie, I have to say this at some point, so I guess I'll say it now. This is like martyr porn. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that. I'm sure that's actually a section of porn, so not for real. But like when I was a kid, I was the one in the class who would like take the smallest whatever brownie so that like the teacher would see me. Like that's oh. how I wanted to get attention. This was my sickness, oh, was that I'd be like, like pity I, me. In the first grade, ate so many sweets at the holiday party that I got sick and had to go home. Are we going to talk about this office crow? <laughs> so he has a forgetful kooky uncle who owns like a lot of like woodland creatures. There's a dog and then there's a squirrel. Mm -hmm. I think this is when the money has been lost and he's like, oh, God, I lost the money. And then a squirrel comes up and he's like, it's OK. <laughs> Don't be cry. <laughs> I don't know what the past was, but in these days, you cannot have just an out of context, unexplained squirrel. Yeah, they really didn't. Did he trap it? What is he, Snow White? Can I be honest? I have never, never, truly never noticed this war montage before. Oh, <gasps> everybody, the movie becomes a war film. It really does. It's it's like a long movie. Like there are a lot of parts to it. That's why it's it taking is a long time. movie. A lot goes on. It's a real um, odyssey of events. Mm -hmm. And also, 
his coverage of the war was like disrespectful given that their starring actor had PTSD from the actual war. Because the coverage of it is like, oh, and neighbor Josh like joined this thing and this other person joined this thing and nobody died. Like everybody seemed to have oh, gotten yeah. out fine. They're all totally good. Which is so not how the war was. That's so funny. But I bet that's the part where everybody at the time was like, we don't want to hear about people dying. It's like if somebody made a COVID movie now. Totally. would be like, shut up. Shut, be like, shut up. America did a really good job and it all turned out good. Yeah. And we're all happy and fine. <laughs> Just a stressed thumbs out thumbs up. up. <laughs> um, Harry <gasps> is hot. Yeah. I wondered for you. Um, George, very hot. I was going to ask this because he is the tallest, most tortured man. So haunted. He lives in a haunted house. He (laughs) hates his life. He hates himself. Yeah. He wants to die. But at some times he dipped over into, because I do think there is a difference between tall and haunted and tall and like a sad boy Mm -hmm. variety. And that does not do it for me. And he dipped into that a little bit too much. Yeah. The tall and haunted part is very like George Mackay, 1917 pressing on despite all of the horrors of war. Also, he looked so long in this movie because he was a very narrow, narrow man Mm -hmm. and his suits were cut really long. He, he's like a, I think just like a very deep, crush of mine forever oh same way like paul mccartney is where it's just like oh, i just McCartney. love that man yeah from the beatles yeah a deeply charming man have you seen him yes mm. this is shocking have you seen him in the past yeah he looked like a bowl <laughs> are you talking about like his hair yeah you have only there's so many more photos of him mm. <laughs> no yes i i know a lot about paul mccartney i've been to two of his concerts okay i'm literally gonna google paul mccartney hot and nothing's gonna come up you're so no stupid way. you're so dumb i really lost it with this movie in the scene where the guy loses the cash i mean? could no longer be on board with this film the past was so stupid that if you accidentally handed somebody a newspaper a different guy had to die <laughs> And his reminders app was just like strings on his fingers. It also was just like, come on, that doesn't feel like good storytelling. That feels like, oh, yeah. And then he totally loses the money. And then, of course, the evil guy keeps it instead of being like, hey, this is your envelope. Like, it just didn't feel. At least they showed us already that the forgetful guy was really forgetful and the evil guy was really evil. Had they shown us that he was forgetful? I really don't think I took in a lot of this movie. Oh, yeah, that was his whole thing. I mean, he always really? has things. T- yeah, he he missed he missed George's wedding because he forgot. He oh, I thought he had to work. No, he forgot. <laughs> He's super kooky. I really, really, really didn't get that. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> so that's where I was like, he just lost the cash. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, it's just like a whole like it was actually. Then why really, would you send him to do that? Aaron? I was, was going to say it's actually very stupid that they sent him at all. Oh. It's a family business. That's infuriating. Sometimes family members aren't the best at it, but you still hire them because they're family. (laughs) Okay, so Harry loses his cash and it's apparently like all of their business money. And then the businessman is like, where's your business money? And George is like, don't know. And now I have to die because my life insurance will be enough money to pay off the business. Yeah. What? Something with Banky happens. Also, I gotta say, if your plan is to jump off a bridge with the life insurance that is only written down on paper in the pocket of your jacket and land in a river, (laughs) nobody's going to be able to collect on that life insurance policy. And the only person you've told is the most evil man in town who's already stolen your $8,000. The past was very stupid. Yeah, they didn't have enough things. (laughs) 
They didn't have all the things they needed. And then the film becomes a Christmas movie. Yes. So we get to the point where he's about to jump. He looks crazed, which is like, oh my God, think about the PTSD of it all. It's like, wow. He does do some gorgeous acting in a bar when he realizes he's out of options and is praying to God. Christmas Eve. Did you like that? The prayer? Well, I wonder if you like that because he said, I'm not a praying man. No, because then I was like, why are you praying? Because that's when you do it. When you're like, am I going to die for $8,000 or maybe I should just ask God something? Yeah. And it worked. I mean, he sent an angel. Yeah. Clarence the angel appears in old man form. Mm -hmm. And he saves him by jumping into the water instead. And definitely not dying. Here's the thing. I was like, yeah, doesn't seem like a huge drop. He didn't die from jumping. How do you die? And then George has to jump in to get him. Also doesn't die. Nobody dies. And then they go into this fisherman building thing where a very confused redheaded man gets freaked the frick out. Oh my God. Did you watch this movie in color? It was accidentally colorized. Oh, I watched it in black and white. Oh, cute. But the guy was a redhead? Yeah, he was a redhead. Shouts out to that. I know. I thought of you. Thank you. He had my energy of just being like, I don't like what's going on here and I'm going to go. I'm very confused. This guy seems either crazy or religious <laughs> and I gotta head out George is like yeah I was gonna kill myself and Clarence is like well don't do that and he's like well maybe I should have just never been born which is like that doesn't help anybody no financially they do sort of a like Charles Dickens ghost of Christmas yet to come <laughs> thing where they're like this is what the town would look like if you had never existed and everyone was worse off and some people had died <laughs> they literally get kicked out of a bar for being too whimsical Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Martini's Bar, now Nick's yeah. or something. Where Nick, Nick is, is angry. Nick talks like, we make hot drinks for guys who want to get drunk fast. Yeah. And I didn't think you could acknowledge that that's why people drank in the past. I thought you had to lace it with innuendo. Well, I guess in Pottersville, they're like, this is the bad way of drinking. Where the uh, good way is drinking on Christmas Eve just because you're like a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The one thing that's really very stupid and annoying is that Mary is an old maid, which is like, we knew she, she was a hot ticket. Like she was going to marry Sam. She would be rich. She'd be fine. In plastic. She'd be in Florida. They were like, her life is tragic. She wears glasses and works at the library. I would love that. That would be a great life. Also, it's simply not what her life would be like. No. Just because George doesn't exist doesn't mean she stops being hot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Unless she, like, marries Alfalfa and he just, like, his awful vibe rubs off on her so much that she A, ages and B, becomes (laughs) working in a library. Like, what? (laughs) Just fine. It's good. She needs a master's for that. Did you misplace $8,000? Go have a look for it while we do an ad break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. We get to the end. Clarence is like, I'm showing you what life would be like if you weren't born. And he's like, I don't really understand if he's an angel or whatever, but can we just please undo this? God, like, I want to go home. He goes back, Mary, Mary. If he just talked to his wife earlier, then it would have been better because she just solved it. <laughs> Mary went and called everybody in the town, told them George was in trouble, and they all do a big GoFundMe. Come together. <laughs> the original Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> and they dump all their money on the table. I just was like, what? And then Potter just continues to be a bad billionaire, which I guess was like a good and modern interpretation of billionaires. But I thought there was going to be some sort of Christmassy, like he comes around and is like, here's your original envelope of $8,000 and I'm nice now, you know? Yeah. Everybody buy a turkey. I think he was just really, really evil to kind of highlight that George is just like really, really awesome. (laughs) That is the one thing. It's really satisfying to watch, but it is the kind of movie that's like, this one guy is the best best and finally important is jimmy stewart's high-pitched cheers of glee as he's running back home okay i took issue with this whole scene because if you look at it from the kid's perspective your dad has yelled at you for playing the piano then he has yelled at you to play the piano then he stormed out and then an hour later he shows up like oh my kids let me look at you that's insane yeah and i also realized i'm like Wait, this seems like a really bad moment for him. We never saw him be nice to his kids before that. Like, we just assume he was, because Jimmy Stewart seems awesome. But he seemed to really not like his life a lot of the time. So he might have been like that more. It all ends up getting fixed because of the power of friendship. And Clarence gets his wings. It's like he's rich because he has friends. Something along those lines. Friends, good job, is what he says. And speaking of 
Good job. Mm -hmm. It's time that we move on to badges and trages. The segment in which we award badges to things we felt the film did well and trages to things that we felt eh, slipped on the ice a little bit. I got a badge for a mention of the influenza. Oh, I love that. I got a badge for a car literally going, (gasps) so fun. I have that badge too. Oh, it was good. I have a badge for, and I don't remember what this is or how to pronounce it, but that guy who goes, well, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what that was, but I liked it at the time, apparently. It was during the grad party. And (laughs) that's the end of my badges. Cute. Oh, my God. I don't think I really cared about this movie. (laughs) I have a badge for a character taking out a magazine to teach somebody something in the olden days. I love when they do that, when they're like, I found out a fact. Here, Mm -hmm. I read it. Mm -hmm. A badge for a soda fountain in a drugstore. A badge for a villain in a top hat. Yes. Badge for a freeze frame. That's another thing that felt very 80s. When Clarence is meeting him for the first time, he's like, oh, I like George Bailey. Oh, yeah. They have some freeze frame moments, which just felt very out of place in a movie from this time. You're probably wondering how I got into this situation. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Badge for an off-screen crash. And just generally badge for general gags. There are gags like that. The awoogas and the off-screen crashes, Mm. etc. Badge for people having fun. People have some fun you in this love movie. That. You don't realize how often it doesn't happen in a lot of movies until you're just seeing age-appropriate people having good, clean fun. Badge for Mary taking up the entire bed when he comes home and she tells him that she's going to have a baby. She's like taking up that whole bed and oh. I'm like, girl, take your space. I love that for her. And then that's when I also stopped keeping badges because <laughs> it was just, that was like maybe a quarter of the way through the movie. It's kind of long. Shall we jump to tragedies? Yes. I got a trad for children. I was aggressed by the number of children in this film. There was a child in every era and multiple of them. And it was awful. A trad for spanking Annie. Annie was the maid. And Harry was like, Annie, I love ya. And he ran after and spanked her and I hated that. When white men feel that they have access to black women's bodies, it's so, so upsetting to watch. And stop, stop, stop it. (laughs) This is where you were talking about they could have just talked to each other and figured this out. I have a trage for seeing your husband cry and not doing anything. I was like, Mary, you are contributing to toxic masculinity here where you're like, men don't cry, so I'm not going to acknowledge that it's happening or even be like, what's wrong? Yeah. What are your trages? Okay. I have a trage for employing a 12-year-old. At the beginning when he's at the drugstore, that's always so unsettling. Trage for a guy telling you what he wants to do with his life when really you just want to be told that you're pretty. And to be kissed. And she be wanted kissed. a kiss. My mouth is right here. Hello? Oh, trash for he kisses his mom on the mouth. Mouth on the mouth. is oh, Twice. <laughs> it felt romantic. Because mm-hmm. he has to kind of lean down. It was sickening. Trash for when they're going to their honeymoon, she goes, after that, who cares? And he finds that really cute. So he goes, and he like does a little bark. Like, wow, oh, you're so cute. Ew. And it's always very awkward and uncomfortable for me. Ever since yeah. I was a kid, I was like, that was weird. Trage for using toes in a flirty speech. The word toes. Pardon? He's like romancing Mary early on and saying like, oh, we'll see light shoot out of your fingers and your toes. <laughs> I don't like that. No. I don't want to hear the word toes. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. I think I gave up on those two partway through. <laughs> okay, everyone. We are now going to do a massive holiday favor. This is our gift to you this holiday season in the form of our segment, How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for You Are At... A holiday party. Happy holidays, everyone! The garlands are hung, the fire is lit, the mistletoe is nearby, and you are carefully avoiding it just in case. Thomas? Thomas comes up to you, and Thomas is like, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but they got cornflakes in the pantry. 
did you know about the snow and it's I can actually tell you more things about it's a wonderful life if you want. And in order to stop him from doing that, you have to list some things that you know about the film to baffle him. Here are some sentences you could say to pretend you've seen It's a Wonderful Life. Thomas, one thing I find really cool about the film It's a Wonderful Life is that when it first came out, it didn't get the recognition it deserved. Despite all the work that was put in, it still didn't get to soar. And that actually reminds me of a guy I know. His name is George Bailey. No matter all the work he put in, no matter how much he gave back, he never got to soar. Jimmy Stewart was literally a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Thomas, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a wonderful life. (laughs) Sure is. I have to say, strangely, an early and prescient film arguing the case that many of us are currently feeling of capitalism really will be the death of us all. Thomas, hello again. Um, It's a Wonderful Life is nary a step away from being the exact same premise as the hit Marvel film, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's about a guy who's like, I wish that this thing had never happened, and then everything becomes chaos. But in that one, Benedict Cumberbatch is there. Thomas, and we really do have to sometime address who you know here. But yes, I've seen It's a Wonderful Life, and there's actually a fun fact about that movie. The phrase... Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. It's actually referencing a greater cinematic trend, which is that every time a male director puts a movie in black and white, a male viewer gets a (laughs) hard-on. Next is a wonderful segment that we'd like to... It's a wonderful segment. It's a wonderful segment that we'd like to provide to save you time so that you can spend more time with your families this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Should you watch this or Mm -hmm. we tell you if this movie is worth your time or if you should do anything else. Yeah. Liana, where do you fall? I'm going to take this on a holiday route this time around. You don't need to watch It's a Wonderful Life. If you've seen any Christmas movie, you've seen this Christmas movie, and that Christmas movie you have seen has probably taken less time to get to the point. But a holiday film you could watch instead is Love Actually, which I am 100% sure does not hold up in a few ways. I have not looked at it with a critical eye recently, and I believe you. If you are going to tell me it's problematic, you can shut up. I, I know. I believe you. I know. But it does have British people, festive music, Bill Nye, not the science guy, but the actor. And it has Keira Knightley marrying Chiwetel Ejiofor and a gorgeous ceremony that features like a flash mob. I think she's 17. I know the movie is problematic. I know that. I said to bring some to yours. Sienna, what about you? I would say I have to recommend watching this movie because I love it as a holiday film to have on in the background. I think the best way to watch it is to have it on sort of for 10 years and then eventually watch the whole thing. Wow. It does feel like a lot of stuff in this would really resonate with you very, very specifically. I was noticing that while watching it, thinking about you watching it. I'm like, you know what? This is made for Catholic school kids. (laughs) Liana, how would you rate this film? Oh, uh, um, hmm. Okay, the tension in it was good. I I thought the fake snow was good. So I would give this movie 1.5 basketball courts that can convert into swimming pools out of five. Excellent. I see how it could be like a pleasant thing to have on in the background at the holidays. But yeah, not not my style. Not Not for me. I would give this movie a four out of five. Buffalo Girls coming out tonight. Buffalo. 
It's 100% biased yeah. that I love it. Yeah. I'm watching it as like, oh, I've already decided exactly how I feel. Mm. And I know that there, it is not a perfection. It's also just kind of like long. <laughs> it, is, it really was. It's like not a movie. Like, no. It's like more. It's like a 21 page Christmas card. Yeah. That, you know what? That checks out. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Toss Popcorn. This has been It's a Wonderful Life. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us all over social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clash, at Tossed Popcorn. If you liked this episode, please don't forget to rate us five stars in the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a nice little review in the comments. It's really in the holiday spirit to do so. Um, Men still hate us, so... Toss those nice words and five stars our way, please. And join us next week when we will be watching Chinatown. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, everybody. Tell somebody you love them. Give a dog a kiss. I don't know. And we love you so much. Thank you for listening to our show. That is a gift you give us every week. Oh, it's a wonderful pod. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Ho, ho, ho. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Mary! Christmas is now! (laughs) I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. 
Sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 